Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And this is episode 40. No. Yep. Who would have thought? How many years? Well, a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not too bad. We had, I think, more than 2,000 downloads, more, more than, maybe even more than that. Who'd have thunk? And that's just two people. Yeah. <clears throat> Listening to, downloading these 25. More than once, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not true. So, some house cleaning at the beginning of the show. Uh, one of Housek- our housekeeping, listener, housekeeping, pal, housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping. Sorry, it's okay. Your English uh, is so impeccable. I feel duty bound. Yeah, sure. Can you make the odd slip? Just to, you know, and feel free to do the same for me. I mean, English isn't my first language either. So, so one of our listeners asked you for an email address that uh, they could use to contact us. Dun, da, 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 da. We didn't have, and now we do. If you want to send an email to us, you write at podcast at sotn.it, and we will both receive the message. Actually, only nice, nice emails. Yeah. Um, but we only have nice listeners, so that's... Yeah, well, we only have nice listeners. Uh, by the way, I really appreciate uh, your friend uh, Quentin posted yep. uh, about our podcast in yeah, a list yeah. of recommended uh, and the, the thing I most liked is that he recommends as an audiobook the Patrick O'Brien you know Master and Commanders books and mm. I've been listening to them for I mean I think I'm going through my four or fifth of those books so every morning I go <laughs> walking with Jack Aubrey and Dr. Matrin and I highly recommend them I mean yeah I think I, I think I listened to the first one but I must go back to them it's just uh, Jane Austen for boys. I mean, it's uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, whoa, 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 whoa! You're talking to a boy who's who's big Jane Austen's biggest fan. Less less of that. Yeah, no, and actually, I I I, I love Jane Austen. The driest, too, but, funniest wit ever. She, yeah, yeah, it's basically the characters. Even if this was written, I think starting in the seventies, but the characters kind of could exist in that same universe to some degree. I mm-hmm. I I I love it. And I, I used to read the Hornblower series when I was a kid as well, so I, ho- I love that whole seafaring, swashbuckling British yeah, Empire pirates stuff. Uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's also loosely connected to real historical facts. So mm-hmm. now I mean, I'm reading this about Mauritius, and actually I went, of course, checking the the story on Wikipedia, and many of the ships were the same. I mean, some of those battles actually happened. Uh, well, actually, history is loosely connected people. to real yeah. historical facts as well, Paolo. Well, yeah, but I mean, these are all fantasy characters. So, I mean, yeah. Jack Aubrey was not... I mean, the Commodore the Commodore that directed that war was not Jack Aubrey, was some <laughs> other dude. Yeah. Uh, but, but some of the ships were actually uh, really there. Anyway, uh, highly recommended. Yeah, definitely. And well, it was interesting as well because Quentin was saying he he listens when he's out walking his dog, and the fact that he's driving around less is is not so much impacted him. But it's funny because I too am not driving very much, but I am walking a lot. But I've also sort of consciously decided not to listen, um, other than to my own incessant thoughts, which is what tends to occupy me while I'm walking. But there's just that vague prospect that I, I might shut up long enough to enjoy what's around me. Um, and I found that listening to podcasts just kept me in a little bubble of my own sort of things. I was less, as 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 the case today, too fantastic roadier, just bounded like a couple of antelopes 
maybe 20 feet, 20, 30 feet away from me. Fantastic. Um, and just hearing them before I saw them, you know, I might have missed them if I'd had my headphones in. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I've, I've pretty much completely stopped listening to podcasts uh, since the the lockdown began. It's, uh, it's. Uh, I, I am listening to audio. Strangely, I find listening to audiobooks relaxing. I mean, I, I, I don't have any problem listening mm. the, the while walking in the woods, and I still notice lots of birds and other mm-hmm. animals around. Especially because with the transparency feature of the of the AirPods, actually, you can hear what's happening around you. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I do. I do li- like listening to books, but not to podcasts for some reason. I find them too distracting. Probably it's uh, for for some reason. Uh, uh, somebody telling me a story feels less uh, demanding yeah. of attention. Yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, but I'm sort of just reducing, <laughs> just reducing generally. Maybe it's my age, but I'm less twitchy about technology. You know, when I look back and I think of all the podcasts that I listened to regularly, that I had to get everything, or not get by everything, but, you know, there was all this pressure to, oh, there's that, and there's this, and the next thing, and I must download this app. And, you know, the 5 million productivity apps that I've gone through was partly because of podcasts. And in the same way as I'm enjoying feeling less buffeted by Facebook and Twitter, I'm sort of enjoying not listening quite to so many podcasts. Um, the one the one that I do keep listening to is the Apple Watchcast because mm-hmm. it's three guys who are sort of easygoing, light sense of humour, and they cover the same sort of stuff as Mac Break Weekly used to, but um, in a less, I don't know, I just find it an easier way to, to consume that, and it, that's enough to keep me up to date with things rather than completely lose, ton- lose touch. So you, you mentioned about being less engaged with technology. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question uh, that uh, popped up during a conversation I was having less than an hour ago with uh, my young colleagues. Uh, that we, our weekly design team call, mm-hmm. and uh, we were, you know, talking about innovation and new interfaces and new UIs and things that will happen in the future. And I said, "Yeah, but if I think about the technology I'm using today, everything I'm using today has been around for a while." Mm-hmm. And I ask, what piece of technology that you use today that has an impact on your behavior today did not exist a year ago? Hmm. And, uh, you know, we started going through a list of all the things and devices and stuff. Okay, there are a few pieces of software that maybe came out in last year. But mostly everything has been around for longer than a year, even if you know, we tend to adopt technologies pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the the one thing, the, the the one piece of technology which did not exist a year ago, and that I am eager to 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 that actually you already tried, uh, which I find quite fascinating, is the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That didn't. That did not exist a year ago, and, uh, and it's quite That's popular. True. It's uh, to, uh, if, uh, a lot In of demand. people are getting it. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. And and this was kind of a cheat answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I couldn't think of anything else. Well, it's funny actually because just this morning, likewise, it came up that 
you know, I've still got my iPhone XR. I've got no inclination to change it. Uh, the only reason to change it would be the camera um, because I'm sharing less photographs because I'm on less social media. That's less of a thing to do. But I am aware that Penny, Penny's got the 12 Mini and uh, it's taking some cracking photos. <laughs> and And it is interesting how much of a difference I notice between that phone and mine in terms of just how it copes with things. And the reason it, uh, I said it came up this morning was one of the girls, we were talking about the fact that there's some statistic that 90% of American teenagers use iPhones. And Hannah was saying how she notices on uh, Snapchat or Instagram that people who take photos with their Android phones, she says, to use her technical term, they look shit. And why was that when the phones have got great cameras? And I was saying, well, I think it's largely because of the software, you know, computational photography that Apple's getting so good at that, that makes the difference. But we were talking about the fact that, you know, Penny's never been into photography, but she's taking so many more photos because she's getting great results. You know, photographs of flowers that are able to take advantage of the portrait mode and with the new lenses and the, the radar and stuff on the iPhone 12, it's just taking great pictures mm-hmm. that give give her pleasure. And so... and. And I was like, well, why not? What, what, that's a good thing. It's a nice thing to get pleasure out of technology if there's no other purpose. Yeah. Well, I think that in, in the between iPhones and Androids, I think that if you take some top-of-the-line top of, top of the line Androids, they're probably as good as iPhones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's the, the problem with Android phones is that there are so many cheap, shitty mm-hmm. phones with cheap, shitty cameras that take, you know, cheap, shitty photos. Yeah. Um, so, but... The quality, the amount of computation that goes into modern photography is staggering. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, you know, so one clever. of the reasons why we get all these uh, uh, amazing photos. Even yeah. too clever. I mean, to, to some degree, this idea that every time you're using your camera app, the phone is essentially continuously taking photos. All yes. the time. Yes. So basically, when you when you click on the on the you know on the button, the software is actually going a little bit back in time. See if there is any better framed photos before you actually clicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also see if there is another wider shot that they can use to improve it, and they put all this thing together and give you the result in you know zero time. Uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible how clever all this all is. But uh, it's incredible what capabilities this is giving people to be creative and communicate. And I think I mentioned in a previous podcast the the van that we're hoping to get at some point, and the fact that there's a couple with the same van who make the guy makes these great videos, and using a drone and well intercut and just thoughtful shots of them walking towards the camera and then away from the camera and all this is edited together and I think he's using using his iPad in the van I'm expecting it to be Luma Fusion that he's using but I had a look he's got an Amazon product page where you can sort of help by buying through them and his camera page is shit loads of money <laughs> he's bought some fancy kits you know fancy cameras um, 360 cameras uh, obviously the drone, but he's got all sorts of gimbals and, you know, just serious amounts of money. But it does look fantastic. You know, it looks tele-quality, 
documentary quality yeah. imagery. I mean, you can do with with a few thousand pounds of uh, of uh, stuff what yeah. you used to need hundreds of thousands of pounds to. Yes, to exactly do. that. Exactly. I mean, that. I remember when I was when I was working in video production. You know, a Betacam was a uh, you know it was. 70 million lira something like that which was yeah. like you know 30 40,000 euros of 20 30 years ago yeah um and uh, you you can do the same with probably a few thousand probably yeah even a few hundred euros these days yeah. and 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 you get a much better quality and the means of distribu- distribution as well you know that's what's so fascinating that that you know this Guys had a million downloads on YouTube, and we talk, did talk about this because you were saying that's not a huge number, but it's big enough, you know, to make it worth his while, and uh, wouldn't have had that capacity at all previously. Which leads to leads us to another consideration. Dave Weiner posted uh, a few days ago um, something around uh, uh, how we lost the apps in of the eighties. How we lost and, the what? Uh, sorry the apps the applications of the of the 80s and he's basically saying how you know there used to be this thriving ecosystem of uh, um, applications for macs and pcs that you would buy and use and these days there is a lot of software out there but uh, there isn't enough and at some point then he moved the conversation to text editors and he's saying you know most text editing these days is bad and uh, I was thinking about it and I mean okay I I agree with the fact that uh, you know we are surprised when today in a text editor you can do something like adding a link or or, for example, no, I was taking notes. That's, bo- I was, that's bollocks. Well, I mean, okay, I, that's, I, I was know. taking notes about this show, and I on the Apple Notes app, and there is no way for me to add a link to the to, to the text there. I can paste a link, but yeah. I cannot select a, a word and add a URL and make it a hot link. Well, yeah, but just because the Notes app doesn't do it doesn't mean there aren't apps. I mean, there's gazillions. There's no. There's more text apps now than ever before especially on iOS. And some of them are fabulous, things like drafts and, and, and all the other markdown apps that you can script, that you can make it do pretty much anything you want to do. Uh, and then all sorts of actions and, and things you can take with the with the text you're creating, iWriter, OneWriter, Ulysses. Yeah, and then you need to copy and paste it in a web browser no. if you want to post it somewhere. No. Well, perhaps many, if you're Many lucky, of them post directly you, into... WordPress well, or, or into, well, Squarespace. Well, into WordPress, which is the only platform that actually has an API. I think Squarespace doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it to Squarespace. You can't do it to Facebook or Twitter or. Oh, well, see that. Yeah, I totally agree. But then that's the pro- that's the I problem. Mean, the, the web services are the problem, links. not the text editors. Well, well okay. The 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 the, pro- the problem is that the state of text editing is pretty poor, considering you know how far we have come. Disagree. In in it's never in been history. better. It's never been better. And you can, and in fact, they've just drafts have just got a new set of what they call it, where you can sh- show the coding. You can you, there's different types of what's the word? 
light filters that allow you to color encode the different elements of the of the text so that you can you can use it for coding and other things. And there's of course the other text editor for for coders that's on the uh, iPad. And then there's BB Edit on the Mac. Okay, that's been around forever. It's obviously pressed a button for me. It just seems completely the opposite to my experience. That there's never been more, and there's never been better. I'm. I must say that I'm. I'm not happy with the state of managing right. my text. Is uh, the fact that uh, you know I I mostly use notes because I like writing on my iPad, and that's there's a place where I can actually mix stuff I write on my iPad. There are a few other apps, but they're kind of they don't exist on the Mac, so I can't synchronize to my Mac. Is I in any case if I need to want to take any from anything from this to any other service, I need to copy and paste it, oh. and then it loses ship I okay. as I copy I, and paste it. It's I, uh, clunky. Right. No, so I mean things like I so I, I chop and change all the time, and where I am at the moment is that I've wanted somewhere where I could store notes that I'm likely to go back to. Things like when I last serviced or checked the tires on the cars, whatever. So they they go into notes because it's easy, it's searchable, it's Blah, blah, blah. Pretty much everything I write as a starting point is drafts, and that synchronizes in instantly, faster than the iOS apps do. Between, I don't know how he's managed it, between the iPad, the Mac, and the, and the iPhone. And then I write it, which I'm now using for writing, in inverted commas, where I'm writing longer stuff or trying to get better at writing. I do an IA writer, and that stores them as text files in a folder in iCloud, which again is instantly available to the Mac, the iPhone, and the iPad. And then what you do with the stuff that you, on the long stuff that you write? Well, but see, so well, but, but the long stuff that I write, um, <laughs> it'll get published as a book you, at some point. Oh, okay. <laughs> you send it to your publisher. Which, yeah, which because they're so antiquated, I'll have to try and put into Word or some stupid uh, bit of software. But anyway, so I, I agree. I did agree. I did concede. That the last hurdle in terms of getting stuff on the web is 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 a bit a bit kludgy. but then that's like I say because of the web services and the platforms rather than the text editors. Okay, let, let's say that what I'm complaining about is not the specific. I mean, yes, there is a lot of lovely apps with a great uh, UI and with with a few very cool features. But the fact remained that uh, the ecosystem is clunky. I mean, I would have expected at this point. I mean. 20 years ago when we started blogging there were more tools to write to write stuff and post it on your blog than there are today no. and uh, and uh, there, there if you 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 used to be able to post stuff to your blog but you can't post stuff and you used to be able to post stuff to social networks but now you can't yes there are apis to twitter there is a, there is a, it's it's all clunky and okay, complicated you can install plugins the fact that i can't even do hypertext it within a facebook post is bonkers but bottom line is that the ecosystem of writing sucks yes i'll, I'll agree with that but it's not because of the text editors. It's not because of the text editor, the application, but the, it, it's the, but the whole text editing and management experience ends up not being the best. Yes, there are a few parts of this that you like using some apps. Personally, I haven't solved that problem, and I'm not. I've tried a whole a ton of apps, and I end up writing stuff in my browser. And I hate that experience. I just don't like it at all. Well, I suppose but part of it. On, on the other, that... on the other, but on the other hand, if I want to write a post on my blog and I want to put a photo 
in a place that it will actually happen where I want it. The only place, to, the only way to do that is using the the WordPress editor, which today sucks. It's better than it was some time ago. But I yeah, mean, I I'd, tr- I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I tried to write a. I I wrote a post today, and uh, literally every time the uh, application was saving and the update, the cursor disappeared. <laughs> I mean, really. In 2021, I have to go through this while to write a, a, a post on my blog is ridiculous. Well, that's, that's what you get having, for having pictures in your post. By the way, I got a ton of traffic uh, two weeks ago. I uh, I wrote I you know I never write stuff. I, I don't like writing rants, complaining about stuff. <laughs> Just keep but that for the podcast. I was I was uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I was really annoyed about uh, the whole process of trying to sign up to get a, a, a vaccine here in Italy. And I wrote a post saying, you know, how people have been ignoring the importance of software in the public administration. And now we are in a place where you, we would need that type of infra- infrastructure and it just simply isn't there. So people, the solution they found is people have to download a PDF. Actually, they have to download two different PDFs from two different websites and uh, and fill them up. <laughs> and uh, yes, of course, the problem is bureaucracy, but I think that the, the, there is also a problem yeah. in the people that were developing this technology that have been average, you know, people. F- and I know some of these guys for the last 40 years. Yeah. Anyway, I thought all this shitty software kills people and it ended up getting linked on Hacker News and I got more traffic in two days than I got in the previous six years. <laughs> have any nutters, well, either any nutters or the government or the mafia got in touch? No, I didn't name any names. So and in any case, I probably I, I wouldn't get the vaccine in Italy anyway. I, <laughs> I, I'm registered with the NHS, so I'm fine. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the so I rant regularly, not not online, but but to the kids about all sorts of services uh, that are just in various stages of. You know, disbelief. Did nobody use this bloody thing before they put it on the web? You know, and just inconsistencies, archaic practices like PDFs you have to fill in, or and don't even start me on people whose whole life has been devoted to writing Word documents and they still can't manage to create one that you can tab between the input fields. I said, don't start me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, well, it's life. Yeah. So, did you read uh, Tim Cook's interview? Or I listened listen to, to it. The I listened to it. Yeah, oh. I was I was set homework, so I so I dutifully listened to it. I didn't. I actually I just read the transcript. I didn't listen to it. How how was the audio version? Well, interesting in the sense that Kara Swisher, they obviously know each other, um, but she's quite blunt with them. <laughs> oh yeah, she and, is. And gets away with it, been. and uh, and he's also got such a thick. Uh, drawl that that it's sometimes interesting just to work out the tone that he's using when he says certain things. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating, fascinating. And just for those of you who haven't seen the article, I mean, it was an interview with Tim Cook and Kara Swisher about big things like the uh, epic court case and privacy. And uh, it was interesting how he said 
we don't want to get involved in politics, but we are happy to get involved in policy. And then went on to talk quite a bit about what to me seemed like political topics. But um, interesting. What did you What did you make of it? I mean, I, I didn't find any. Sign- I, I didn't find anything newsworthy to be honest. It, it no. was interesting, but it was all stuff more or less I've already heard about. Um, I think that the aftertaste of the whole thing was how conservative with you know big air quotes apple has begun has, has become in the sense that um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of protecting their turf and uh, you know saying well you know people did not respect the rules of the app store and mm-hmm. how everything uh, he repeated several times the word curation yeah you know how everything is curated uh, everything is protected uh, um it, it's uh, yeah, it, it was like, okay, it, it, you're really, really protecting your, you know, the status quo. It's almost feel like, you know, if... if uh, it, it, it kind of left me with a taste that I wasn't particularly happy about in terms of, yeah. you know, what Apple has become in terms of, of company. And yes, they're doing good things, they're good doing good things for the good reasons, but... Uh, at the same time, they're not... I mean, of course, they're not the small company. I was going to say, that's what comes with being massive and having such a huge impact on people, I guess. Exactly. So you basically need to to start to, to move very, very cautiously because you just can't... Because you cannot move fast. Um, yeah. I guess but, the but only... They are, but, but they are best... So, I, mean, I don't know exactly... If, how they work but you know somebody once said that the biggest design job Steve Jobs did was Apple itself and certainly I know from the big organisations that I've worked with over the years that that, that that it appears from the outside that they are much better than most at retaining the original spirit and inventiveness and adventure I mean you know most organisations once they get to anything like half that scale just become incredibly rigid and, and brittle and constrained oh, but, uh, I mean I think that it is uh, completely amazing how big they are. I mean, mm-hmm. the the for any company existing at that site is. Uh, I mean, the the sheer weight of the infrastructure, you know, should make them collapse. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, if you if you think about. Uh, the if you if you find the number of uh, their products that are manufactured every second oh man. it's staggering i mean the idea that uh, that something i read a while back that I, I i i keep you know it keeps popping back into my mind is uh, uh, they were saying how apple cannot really use uh, the most innovative Technologies like you know the latest type of screens, the latest type of processor, latest type of thing for the mm. for the reason that uh, you know they cannot be produced at that scale yet. Yeah, they can make that so many. Yeah, everything they do needs to be manufactured in the millions of units. And well, the other thing that they've traditionally not been very good at the web services side of things staggers me. I mean, I say this to the girls every time a new operating system's launched, and you know, contrast in contrast to. Uh, Android 
a high percentage of, of I, I think something like 80 or 90% are using iOS 14. So people stay up to date on the, on the Apple platforms. And it's just the thought of those poor servers, you know, when they sort of announce that it's, that it's up there and just millions and millions and millions of people all hammering that server, downloading stuff. And then it works, mostly, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, they are able to run a huge operation. You you can't move fast uh, or you can't move super fast at, at, at that scale. So even all the, you know, discussions about the App Store and how much they're charging, but even to some degree privacy, how they're protecting things, it's... it's um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to have them on my side to some degree because can you imagine how terrible and evil Apple could be? Um, but at <laughs> the same apple. time... Yeah, yeah <laughs> a bad Apple. Uh, but at the same time, it's... Um, um, yeah, I mean, I came away hearing somebody said, "Okay, this is guy, this is guy protecting the status quo." Is uh, and of course, if you are the CEO of a company that size, there's the only thing mm-hmm. you can do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going out there and you know play Elon Musk. I mean, you're just being very, very cautious about everything you do. Well, see, it's interesting. I, I'm not not disagreeing with you, unlike the text editors, but I thought his willingness to put money into some of the Black Lives Matter stuff and the LGBTQT stuff for a chief exec is uncharacteristically uh, brave. Um, I think him taking on the big guys like Facebook and Google over what happens to my data is a good thing and not trivial. Um... So those felt like fights, if you like, they could easily avoid being a big corporate, and they're not. No, yeah, but look, at some point he basically, he did mention the fact that for them, privacy is not, you know, a a marketing strategy. Privacy is a human right. Um, So they have some very deeply rooted uh, values and they basically stick uh, with them and uh, and I think this is this is good this is what defines that company yeah and uh, and uh, and and it it is quite unique uh, about apple i mean i cannot think of any other company at that size with yeah. such a you know somehow structured uh, set of values at the same time it's quite rigid. It's, you know, they yes, yes. believe in those things yes. and they will do everything around those things. And uh, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, you know, they're not pirates anymore. No. If you remember, you know, they, used, yeah, they, yeah. they used to fly the pirate flag on, on their buildings and they used yeah. to, you know, challenge the status quo. Today, they are the status quo or a big part of it. And mm. uh, it's interesting because yeah, they yeah. everything they do is politics and not just policies. I mean, when you move a company of that size, you can't say that you're not into politics. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the, the, the amount of money that they spend alongside with Apple, with, with Google and uh, Facebook and the others in lobbying in Washington and all around the planet is, is amazing. And that, that struck me as interesting about the interview as well, when she asked sort of how he made the decision 
to get involved in certain things. And it made me wonder, gosh, how much is he able to, or is he? Is it appropriate for him to make decisions? You know, I thought that was quite interesting listening to the, the interview as well. Um, because again, in many organisations, these things just become buried under lawyers and policy and comms people and trying to work out what's meant to happen is really hard. Um, and I found myself wondering, gosh, does he sit in the room with the board and thrash these things out or does he have his own gut instincts that he follows? Or It, it was interesting. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know about that level of decision. What I've always found uh, quite interesting is that, for example, the design team the product design team is very small, or at least it used to be yeah. very small. I mean, like 30, 40 people, um, which is incredible if you think of a company of that size. Well, I think I think quite a lot of the teams are small. I remember podcasters expressing frustration. It's of, this is why bits of the system gets left get left behind, because there's just not enough of them to, to deliver all the time all the things that we all expect of them, which, again, is slightly surprising, but maybe that's partly why they're able to retain their nimbleness if you like because they're not massive massive teams very often yeah well and and i i guess the other aspect is that because they unlike many companies i mean there are plenty of companies producing you know computer electronics of that size but uh, they overall they have a very small number of products i mean if you look at you know samsung they yeah, make everything um, you know Apple basically they just have a very small set of products and they focus on those products and try to make the best out of them so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's quite interesting yeah I guess that the, 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 the only interesting thing that he mentioned is about voting uh, um, and basically he mentioned the, yeah. the possibility of voting on phones um, yep. which is something that I've always thought of course it's possible I mean of course you can build a solid system and a completely safe system probably much safer than you know using pencils and papers um, but at the same time how all experiments in you know on voting uh, machines that have been developed so far were not very good because they were developed by the same shitty software companies that I was mentioning in my post, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So if there was a voting system and it was developed by, you know, Google and Apple and, you know, even yeah, yeah. Facebook, I mean, I think it would be much more solid and secure than... Or even a COVID tracking system. Yeah. Another brilliant example of shitty software, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and for of all course, the reasons it's, that we know, know. yeah, right. and 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 of course, it's it's a consequence of uh, bureaucracy and of politicians making the wrong decisions. But you end up having shitty software, which is a bad thing, in my mind. Yeah. So, but yeah, but speaking of good software or at least good web services, it, uh, and I promise the listeners, I won't go on and on and on about this camper van we're about to buy. Well, I might, but I'll just say sorry now. But um, it's, it's just opened up this whole world of apps and web services around finding safe and good places to park or public toilets or all sorts of things that you don't really know you need until you start moving around in a small house. And uh, it's the way, you know, it's kind of what the internet was for, unleashing the world's nerds on, on a particular topic to the considerable advantage of everybody else who follows them down that path. Uh, it's just... It's just joyous how 
much information I'm able to pick up. But of course, that's all I've got to do at the moment. I can't drive the bloody thing, so I might as well read about and fantasise about it. But uh, there's so much scope. Who knew? I guess it's I guess it's a, where the internet is still interesting is in niches. Yeah. Is uh, you know when you have a niche small enough where you know you really have experts and conversations and uh, yeah. This communality, then it then it then it gets interesting, and uh, it's when you go mainstream, when you go to the yeah. generalistic stuff. And mass, that, uh, yep. yeah, yep. The 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 mass doesn't. I mean, if the, the internet, the the good internet doesn't scale, or at least so far, uh, we we. Well, so I was see. I was getting wound up about this the other day. Somebody got in touch. People think because I was involved in digital stuff and I was at the BBC and I was there at the time when BBC Online started that somehow I was involved with it. And I just had no time for it at all at the time and I still have no time for BBC Online at all because it's mainstream media, mass media, sort of just doing the web badly. Um, You know, I might download the odd recipe from BBC Good Food but then that's what the internet was for, for me to be able to dip into a, a, a service, pick out a bit of information and go away with it. Not to sit and wade my way through managed public service bollocks websites. Um, and it, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's just we've never, I think social media, media, anything with the word media in it was where the internet went wrong. And on that note... So there. I think we can wrap up this episode... In our very little niche, our teeny weeny niche. Yeah, uh, our our little niche. Our teeny high quality niche. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the best quality niche. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>